Welcome to the Business Sphere. On this podcast, we want to share real stories and real struggles from entrepreneurs who have been where you are. John Fong interviews business professionals and entrepreneurs in many fields to uncover their successes and challenges. We take a deep dive into their journey and provide you with tips and advice to help your business today. Thank you for listening to The Business Sphere. Don't forget to share this episode and subscribe. Joining me today is startup coach and author of From Startup to Grown Up, Alyssa Cohn. Alyssa has worked with startups like Venmo and Etsy, and she has coached CEOs in large brands like Dell, IBM, and Sony. Thanks for being on the show today, Alyssa. Thank you so much for having me, John. I'm so excited to be here. I'm honored. I know you're a fellow New Yorker. I love visiting there, like I mentioned prior to this episode. But before we get into this conversation, I would love uh, for all the listeners to know a little bit about how you became who you are. So maybe share with them your journey and let them in on a little bit backstory of how you became where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, you know, honestly, just to say as a starting point, I've always been a seeker. I've always been interested and curious in other people and in myself and trying to figure out what makes me tick and what makes other people tick. So that said, I, uh, I was in the nonprofit world and I ended up going to business school because I had this idea. So I was working with the, um, I was working as the chief of staff to the provost at uh, a Northeastern college. And at some point the provost said, You can't manage faculty because they have tenure. And I thought, that can't be. It can't be because people will only do what you want them to do because otherwise you'll fire them. So I went off to business school at Cornell to think about that. At business school, I got all turned around and I focused on finance and accounting and strategy. And I exited into PricewaterhouseCoopers. And I thought my life was all set. It was the fast track to partner program, five years to partner. And, um, you know, it's like, I sort of think of that quote all the time by Joseph Campbell, by Joseph Campbell. If you can see your path all the way through to the end, you are following someone else's path. Your path only becomes clear moment by moment as each foot touches the ground. And that was true for me because I woke up two and a half years into my five-year path to partner. And I thought, I hope I get the flu so I don't have to go to work tomorrow. And I got rushed to the emergency room 18 hours later with the flu. And that was pretty depressing. And I thought, well, that's it. You know, like I can't do this anymore. I got to figure something else out. So I looked around and looked around and I went to a conference. I was a volunteer at this conference and they said, okay, now this coach is going to, is going to speak to the volunteers. And I thought, can I leave? Do I have to stay for this? But she was amazing. And I was totally inspired by her. And I followed her around the conference. And at one point with 500 people in the room, she said, okay, who wants to stand up right now and get live coach? And I thought, oh my gosh, what's going to happen now? Well, someone stood up, she coached that person live for 20 minutes. And I thought, oh, I could never do that. But I also thought I could do that. And that was kind of my journey that led me to coaching and to working with, you know, also first personal coaching and then more company and corporate coaching. And then, as you pointed out, startups and ultimately led to my book from startup to grown up, as well as starting a podcast myself, also called from startup to grown up. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I'm going to peel the the onion back a little bit and maybe ask you a couple questions before you got into, say, that first gig of uh, working in the uh, faculty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
were you in the business world? Like, did you study to want to go through that entire journey of, you know, helping serving business owners? Or what did you study? And what was your background like prior to even going to school? Like, did you have family members or people that really helped you guide you through that journey of wanting to pursue more and greater things in life? Not really. Um, not really. I felt like I was sort of lost as a kid. I, I didn't really know um, what I wanted to do, even as a kid. And I think that my parents didn't quite know how to guide me. But I will say that, that they were, my parents were really good to me in one way. They forced me to be part of this youth group. So my youth group was called Young Judea. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I didn't feel good about it. But they insisted, they forced me to stay for an entire year. And they said, at the end of the year, if you still hate this, you can quit. I was like, all right. So I waited for the year to pass. And then we went to this, I went to this, like the last activity of this youth group for the year. And I loved it. I don't know what happened, but I thought that was like, suddenly it just clicked for me and I made friends and it was amazing. So that, that was in eighth grade. So in that youth group, I spent that time in eighth grade and then all nine through 12, it was, again, it was called Young Judea. And it's a peer led youth group. So as a kid, you don't know what that is. I didn't know what peer led meant, but what it turned out that it meant is that you facilitate conversations with your, with your peers. They're not like the adults are not there to lead. The adults are there to kind of help shepherd the process. So first of all, I was facilitating conversations with my peers um, since I was 13 years old. And then secondly, I was on the leadership, the sort of leadership executive team of this, of my region of my youth group. So that taught me a lot um, about leadership, about influence, about facilitation, about what it takes to move groups and individuals forward. And so that's kind of where I got my love of coaching and love of facilitation. But, you know, I went off to school and I wanted to be an English, when I went off to college, I wanted to be an English major because I loved writing and I loved reading. And my parents were like, no, you're not going to be an English major. What are you going to do with that? So I ended up being a journalism major. And then, you know, because everyone thought, oh, that's like the same thing. It was not the same thing. But nonetheless, I got some great skills from being a journalism major. And, you know, I even got some great skills when I was at PwC. I did a whole bunch of different things, including I got my audit hours and some tax hours in. And even though that maybe was not my thing, it was extremely useful. So I think it's very helpful to take a lot of skills away from what you do, whether or not you love it. And I love you sharing that entire journey because finding that, group of community of uh, interests or like-minded people that you can resonate with that you can actually let go and have the freedom to you know disclose and share amongst a, a peer group like you mentioned without influencing influencers from others uh, guiding you with their perspective and their their guidance so that's great to hear because that gave you a lot of skills later in life and also now you, you reflect and look back at some of these moments where this really helped me figure out what I truly am passionate with doing in my life. Because as a young, say, teenager, or when you're in your early 20s, you think you know more than a lot of people, right? Like, um, even myself included, um, I was chasing different things uh, for different trying to impress other people or trying to dictate how I wanted to live my life. Like there were so many different, you know, pivots in mm -hmm. everyone's life. Mm -hmm. So going back to your life, what I was wondering, like in university, 
were you a part of it? Were you still a part of that peer group or did you join other kind of peer groups throughout that, that journey there? And even post, were you a part of other associations that allowed you to open up and share amongst others? Yeah, associations and groups are really important to me and communities are really important to me. You know, I found this group, this youth group when I was in, you know, really before high school and then during high school, I also went to camp associated with the youth group. So that made me feel like I had this tight knit group. When I went off to Boston University, honestly, it was a really big school. And so it wasn't really right for me. And so I had to find, it was very difficult, especially my first year. It's like a theme. It was like my difficult my first year, right? But then I went off to study at Oxford for a year and that was with a smaller group. And we lived together and we got super connected and we got very tight knit. So again, that was a really important group for me. I'm still really close with a lot of those folks today. And then I would say that um, throughout my life and, and ask, you know, to your point, I was still part of that same youth group as a adult, if you can, if you can even believe this, as an adult while I was in college. So that was also very helpful to find that community. Even today, communities are really important to me. I'm part of the 100 coaches from Marshall Goldsmith, who's the legendary coach who's collected the top global coaches in the world to put us all together in a community. So that peer group has been enormously powerful for me. I'm part of a community called Renaissance Weekend, where it's sort of this really interesting multifaceted group of people who come together for like an ideas fest where we talk about everything under the sun from politics to um, biotech and high tech and finances and also like what I've learned about love and how to play the guitar and, and things like that. So I, I think that for me, being part of certain groups and being part of community has been enormously influential. And I think finding your tribe is really important. And that's a perfect pivot, right? Like then trying to figure out where you wanted to pursue and guide others or try to figure out like what your goals are. Because right. when you went to PricewaterhouseCoopers um, doing auditing and counting and trying to figure out like, is this for you? Yes, you wanted to, you know, you got your MBA, you got your business, you know, acumen with credentials. But like you mentioned, you were overworked. You followed this game plan that others dictated. Yeah. And it didn't really fit your life, right? Lifestyle right. and life choices. And maybe it didn't even make you happy while you were there. Right. So it's it's great that you acknowledge that because a lot of people aren't strong, strong enough to acknowledge that you're following someone else's path, right? To then step outside of the norm to take that huge step, either back or forward, but really be self aware of where you want to be uh, in the next five, 10 years, because then you you live more free. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that it's very difficult to sort of you know, recognize that like you put a lot of time and effort into something and then it's like, oh, it's not working or I want something different. And that can be difficult for people. I know it's difficult for me, but I think you have to do that if you want to have the life that you want. And, and it's probably very difficult when you're in your 20s, when all your surrounding peers are doing similar things, right? Like you're not fitting in because you're going to step outside of the norm. Yeah. Like when you leave that corporate job, people are going to look and talk to you differently and really judge you, right? It's like, what are you doing? You're working for one of those top five companies. And, you know, it's like, and they've already set out a roadmap. You're probably making a lot of money, but they don't really understand if you're not happy or not, right? And like right. only you are fully aware of what, what really 
you know, what path you really want to take. Totally. That's totally true. Yeah. So moving forward. So after that coaching session that you um, got inspired by, um, how did you move on to doing your own, like running your own coach, coaching business? Because, you know, from working in a corporate environment, from working in, you know, different jobs and different organizations, how did you move to then starting your own business? Yeah, it's really hard. You know, it's like I decided, okay, I'm going to become a coach. And then I thought, well, I don't know what to do. So I asked for this coach for advice and she said, well, you should take coach training. So that's a good idea. So I did, I took coach training, but I was super young. And I thought I can't be an executive coach. I'm too young. So I started in the, the startup world of, of those days. And I was the head of strategy and the, of one startup and the, the CFO and then GM of another startup. And that was like very helpful for me to get an early experience of a lot of leadership. And you sort of think, oh, you always think like someone knows what's going on, like somehow the adults around the table and they know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. And I was myself one of the adults around the table. I thought, oh boy, I thought the table was going to be a little smarter than all this. But it was very helpful for me to see what leadership was actually like in the trenches in that way. And then that all imploded. And I thought, okay, I've taken coach training. I've hired my own coach. I've coached all my friends for free. Now I'm going to become a coach. And that was on Friday. And on Monday, I became a coach. And honestly, I did a very coachy thing for my first two days of being a coach. I created a vision board of my ideal life and my ideal business. So that took two days. And then I just started. So I just did whatever I could to find a client for free that I didn't know and unlike my friends. And then I did everything I needed to to like, um, actually, I remember it was specifically to find my first paying client. I, my gym, which was down the street from me, was having a vendor fair. So I was allowed to come there with my photocopies, you know, my copies, and I have people to sign up for free sessions. So it was a raining, sleeting night in February in Boston. I was living in Boston at the time. I went and got these copies. I went down to the gym. It was like 530. It was so depressing. It was so dark and the weather was terrible. And I kept thinking, I'm not, this is not what I want. It's not that I want to go out in the freezing cold and do this uncomfortable thing. What I want is that vision board, that life that I've always imagined. So I kind of pulled myself together and I went down there and I did, I signed up a lot of people for free sessions. A lot of people ghosted me on the free session, but some people came to the free session and I had the conversation at the end, I would, you know, tell them about coaching and how it worked. And my first person who was a paying client was Rick Samuels. Thank you, Rick Samuels. He agreed to pay me. And I started coaching with him and that set me off on a career of working with individuals and then I started, you know, working my way into companies and that was how it started. But it took a long time. And believe me, I did not draw a calm breath for like five years. And, and that's so important for you to share that because that entire journey of wanting to jump out on your own, where there's a huge risk mm-hmm. and it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And if you're not sure, you're not fully comfortable on your financial situation, your life situation, like if you have children, you have, you know, some burden, you know, expenses that you have to really endure, right? During those times. Um, What were some of the most challenging things for you? Because, you know, maybe you were younger at the time without 
obligations like a, a mortgage or yeah. children to be or, or like family support? Like what were some of the things that were challenging for you at that time? And how did you overcome that? Yeah, a lot of challenges. Uh, you're absolutely right. Everything you just said is absolutely right. So um, I decided to become a coach. I did my vision board. And then it's like, well, what do you do? Well, like your child, the biggest challenge is in your own mind. Like, oh, no, I'm not gonna be able to do it. What am I doing? And I had a lot of challenges, including, you know, I would sort of try to figure out, well, who can I call today? And who can I talk to? And who can I email? And I was, you know, doing my thing. And there was a moment I got so overwhelmed that I just lie, lay down on my floor in the fetal position and started sobbing. I just started crying and crying and crying. And not like for five minutes. Like I cried for like probably almost more than a half an hour, probably. And then I went onto my couch and I took like a stress nap. I was exhausted. And then I got back up and hit the phones, right? Because it's like you, you know, it's like very overwhelming. Another thing that happened is that I went into, I remember I went to my gym, the same gym where I was so triumphant because I've learned that fitness was the best thing for me. It really calmed me down. And so I went into my gym and I walked into the gym and for some reason, I just got so overwhelmed and I was like, oh, I can't do it. I'm not able to do it. And then for whatever reason, I was able to channel my 90 year old self, like above me, like a grandmother who said, what was she so worried about? What was she so worried about? You know, she, her parents would bail her out if she had any issues. She had a condo, you know, she didn't have any dependents. Like, what was she so worried about? And um, I found that very helpful to identify, but very confronting to um, constantly be to constantly be confronted with. But I would also say it kind of drove me. I did not because I told you I did not draw a calm breath. I did not stop. So whatever it took to hustle, hustle, hustle to get people to pay me for what I was doing, to find even at some point a part-time consulting job. So make sure I had like, you know, just regular income coming in. So in some sense, that fear and that concern and that, you know, conf those confronting voices really drove me and helped fuel me to go do the thing I really wanted to do. Yeah. And I think passion and drive are two underlying things that really get people to fulfill their dreams right yes and even though you might not have experience um, you might not have a whole deck of case studies and clients to to give you referrals and testimonials you have to go earn it you have yeah. to go out there and work at it so some of the skills early days if you don't mind me asking you um, you mentioned you were at the gym you're doing a lot of phone calls you're emailing and whatnot what were some of the, the intangible skills that you should have or could have probably harvested a little bit more before taking on this big step of uh, entrepreneurship? Um, or if that wasn't something like, did you, do you think you could have shrunk time by learning certain skills before you took on that venture of starting your own business? No, I mean, I really wanted to be out on my own. I just didn't know what that meant. So um, is there anything that I could have done different or, or should have gained? I mean, what I learned during that period was massive resilience, hustle, tenacity, being okay, dealing with people saying no, rejection, so sales skills. So could I have learned better sales skills? Maybe. I think I was pretty good at sales out of the gate because I was so passionate and so into it. 
Um, I think that if I do it all over again, I would have had more confidence in myself as a coach. And that would have let me build my brand. I've built my brand quite a bit over the past 10 years, but even the 10 years before that, if I had built my brand and done, you know, the work of, you know, um, writing a book or doing uh, more writing and more sort of spreading my ideals, my ideas in advance, that would have helped me be probably more well-known as a coach sooner. And what I didn't, I was so focused on sales, 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 that I did not, I did not do a great job of marketing. And maybe that's the answer to your question. I could probably have done a better job of marketing. And now I'm catching up on the marketing because the sales kind of took me in the first half of my career, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense because survival is key. Without sales, you have no shelter food right. and abundance of choice, right? So right. with that in mind, as an entrepreneur, you need to understand where your skill sets are, where it's yeah. lacking, and you're never going to have a whole fleet of every single skill set that will make you very successful. Like there's no way for any individual person to be the best business person around, right? Like there's going right. to be gaps, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be some things that you could have improved on and learned and try to, you know, harvest, right? Right. Um, and now that you're mentioning marketing, evergreen content, making sure that there's um, more of a branding awareness, um, a lot of people don't plan ahead. They don't put together, like you, you put a vision board together, which is great, maybe for your 20 years, but then you have to break it down to more low, smaller goals, right? Yeah. And this is what coaches and mentors really help, right? Really guide you on a weekly basis, daily basis, even monthly, quarterly, um, just so that you're hitting your milestones with KPIs, your metrics. And it's all about growth and progress versus trying to hit these huge, you know, targets. Um, so was there a coach that helped you guide you early days as well, because you are a coach yourself. Yeah. Um, were there people that helped you become a better person to help you yeah. um, become, you know, who you are today? Yeah. Three coaches for sure. So first one for sure was actually my therapist who was very bossy. I called her my bossy therapist slash very coachy, uh, Ginny Byron. And she was the one she told me two things. This is a long time ago when I was first starting my business. In fact, before I started my business, she, um, so I got, you know, the dot-com world imploded and I got other job offers. And I was talking to her about the job offers I was getting. And she said, you, that's the job offer you always get. You will always get that job offer. You said you wanted to, you know, run your own thing. The time is now. And if it doesn't work out, you can go to find that job offer again. And I was like, okay, okay, I know you're right. Because I've been talking about this for a long time, probably for five years at that point. She also is the one who said to me, I know you have a book in you, you know, which I didn't know I had a book in me, but she knew I had a book in me. And that was very um, pivotal. I could actually cry right now. I'm, I'm so moved because I, 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 I acknowledge her, my acknowledgements, because it was so meaningful to me that she is the first one who ever told me, I know you have a book in you. And so that was very powerful. It just in terms of identity and also what you're going to do. And then I hired two different coaches. The first was sort of, you know, my almost like starter coach in a way. And then the second was maybe more of a more motivating coach. The first one 
she helped me think about sales as in, okay, you're all set. Here's your documents. Here's the way you're going to start. Now go out and get 10 no's. And that was really powerful. Like, oh, I, I'm not sure if I can get 10 yeses, but I could definitely get 10 no's, right? So the notion of thinking about that from that point of view and going out there and doing it, that was very powerful. And then the second coach helped me, I think, think bigger and elevate me. And then ultimately, you know, um, about 16 years ago, you know, just really just in the spring of 16 years ago, I went to San Diego. My, I call it my, my pilgrimage to San Diego to meet the legendary coach, Marshall Goldsmith, for the first time. And he took me for a walk around uh, his, his um, at the time, neighborhood in Rancho Santa Fe. And um, at some point during the walk, he said, so Alyssa, how can I make your life better? And I was like really taken aback. And I didn't know what to say. And I said, well, I just wanted to mentorship or spend more time with you. So we finished the walk and we get back to the his driveway. And before I got in the car, I thought, okay, I need to step up here. And I said, Marshall, how can I make your life better? And he said, well, there's a job you could work on with, on with me. And I was like, oh my God, I totally want to do that. So two weeks later, I was in the executive dining room of this big um, financial services company. And that set me off on a two-year journey of walking, of, of, of working in the trenches, shoulder to shoulder with, Mar with the great Marshall Goldsmith, myself. And so he helped me, he mentored me, he introduced me to all these people, he, you know, helped guide me. Still to this day, he is a mentor and a friend. And um, I'm blessed to have him and his, his guiding light in my life. And I would just say that of, you know, all the people along the path have helped me so much. That's amazing that you're sharing this because not only are you vulnerable and you you let people in at the beginning, right? Right after that, um, your your therapist acknowledged something that you weren't even aware because yeah. people would take the easy way out with that job offer. Yeah, but they saw something in you and really help you support you. I think that's yeah. a big thing, having people that are along the journey that you can rely on to give them you know, they can give you an honest answer knowing more about yourself than you think, right? Yeah. And it's, it's great because a lot of people are afraid to ask or are unsure. And at least you had people along the way. Definitely. Um, and th those mentors, like you mentioned, like that knows and uh, all those sales, you know, it's hard to get yeses, but if you learn all the, the no's and their problems and concerns, then you can put together a campaign that supports all their problems to then, you know, sell them on why they should do business with you, right? So yeah. it's great to have no's and questions and problems that people have so that you can serve them better. Um, and then of course, that, that mentor program, I mean, that two year, if you can work and volunteer for any other business before you start a business, you'll learn so much. Yeah, for sure. Especially if that's the direction you want to go. Because if you're going to start something brand new off the you know, cuff of your brain and you think you can do it better than anyone else, there's no way because someone's already thought about it. They have clients, they have systems, processes, people, they have so much knowledge and experience that if you have the opportunity to work with someone that has true experience in the trenches for many, many years and you respect and they're honorable people, I mean, that's the way to go. So I love you sharing that because a lot of people don't know what it takes and they're going to go out and, 
and try to do it themselves or bootstrap it or watch a YouTube video or go on a course and think they know it all. Yeah. But it's not that easy. If no. it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. Totally. Yes. <laughs> right. So yeah. in those first five years, like you mentioned, it was challenging. Mm -hmm. When did you really think it started to take off? And, um, you know, you had a good feeling about your business and it, it felt like you were uh, there was momentum. Well, it's hard to say. Um, I would say this may sound, I know this is going to sound strange. Um, I went to a ton of networks. Like I told you, in the first five years of my business, I did not take a calm breath. And I went to networking event after networking event after networking event after right, I did all the things. And I was always looking for business. And one day I met a guy. And it was the first time I did not think of like, oh, he might be business. I was like, oh, I prefer to date him than coach him. And so that was maybe one moment where I realized, oh, okay. You know, I sort of, I have already, I've kind of fulfilled some of the needs that I have for the business, you know, the business itself. And I think the other thing is that when I started working um, inside of EMC, which, you know, just a few years ago got, got sold to Dell, um, I did a lot of training for them in sort of business acumen, but I thought, well, soon enough, I'll be able to uh, work my way into the leadership curriculum. And when I did, that's another marker for me that I was sort of onto something and I was going to have traction and momentum. And, and that's great that you're sharing this because people who start a business feel like sales is the only thing they should focus on. Yeah. And the mindset shift of really serving others to understanding and listening and helping others like give first yeah. uh, really helps you shift the, the trying to sell yeah. uh, mindset because as a business owner myself, um, I understand that, um, you know, it, it does take a specific skill to really build a business or a brand to then have business uh, people wanting to do business with you, pay for your product and service, right? Totally. And it takes a long time to harvest that reputation, the brand totally. awareness that, you know, that, that mission statement or values that you bring on. Um, so it's great that you're sharing that because even working in a big company or working in other, you know, larger brands, it gives you a, a lot more awareness on what direction you want to, yeah, a bit too, right? If there's yeah. a specialty or not. Yeah. Because going in, you're probably wanting any business and every client, right? Right. Until you really niche down to a specific demographic or persona or avatar of someone um, so that you can really hone down on all their concerns and problems, then you can serve that smaller group, but serve them so well that they can't say no. Yeah, I think that's really accurate what you just said, like both the, the niching down and realizing that I used to think like, I want all the clients, but no, it was like helpful to niche. But your point about how can I serve, that is the most impactful thing. So like, if you can calm yourself down and have confidence and faith in yourself and in your business, and if you have it working enough, then for me, it's like taking a deep breath, like a full body breath and recognizing, okay, so here I am, you know, the reason I wanted to do this work was because I wanted to make a difference. Like that was what is in my head. So the sort of coming back to making a difference, my motto is I want to add value to somebody in 20 minutes and I want to be able to make their day. 
And when I get focused on that and to purpose and consciousness and be conscious about making a difference for people, everything kind of relaxes and everything definitely flows. Now, easy for me to say now at this kind of stage of my career, but you know, sort of you, the, that when you go back to sort of what did you wish you had done differently a little bit, I think having faith in myself and focusing more on how can I serve rather than the fear of like, uh-oh, what if this doesn't work out? The more you do that, the more it kind of works for you. Yeah, and it's hard because some of these skill sets are not, um, a lot of people don't possess and it takes a lot of training, a lot of practice, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, and the more- and a lot of faith. He's and a lot of faith. faith as well. So yeah, but the more you're out there, the more you're going to learn about yourself, your strengths, weaknesses, and your gaps. Um, so let's now pivot to your business today. Yeah. Um, I know you're a startup coach. What does that mean? And who do you serve? Yeah. So I'm an executive coach and I work a lot with startups as well as some large um, established companies. And I serve, especially when it comes to founders, I serve founders and CEOs and co-founders and founders and co-founders together. And my mission is to help them go from startup to grown up, right? So to go from startup and entrepreneur and founder and young leader to more mature leader, CEO, to someone who's like building a product, to someone who is building a business. And that is what I think about all the time in terms of scaling their leadership. And is there a specific um, either uh, kind of persona or niche in terms of startup? Because there's tech startup, there's financial startups. Um, is there a revenue a kind of target that you go after, like as a, a small CEO to a business owner? Um, who is your ideal type of persona? Well, I, I work with um, everybody across that sort of life cycle. And the truth is that what I care a lot about is, are you open to coaching? Do you want to change? Are you, do you recognize that you don't know what you don't know? And then are you building something which is kind of worthy of you? And, you know, that's going to be also that ultimately a high velocity business in some way. So that's kind of what I think about when I think about who I serve. That's amazing. And it has to resonate, right? And it has to yeah. be in alignment. So finding yeah. a coach that fits you at a specific time and moment in your life, acknowledging there's gaps and weaknesses and things that you're, you can improve, right? And that's the reason why coaching is important. Right. And that's why people should reach out to yourself, Alyssa. So share with uh, the listeners a little bit about your book, um, some, a little bit more about like, you know, if you do have some clients that have gone through their transformation, some of the successes, that would be great. Sure. Well, my book from startup to grown up is divided into three sections, managing you, managing them, the team and managing the business. And there's a company that I work with where I've worked with the CEO since they were like 20 people in a WeWork and they were just uh, named uh, New York's most recent unicorn this season. And so, you know, the work we've done is about how does he think about getting sort of self-awareness, understanding kind of how he's showing up and how, how also what his natural swings and natural takes are. How does he surround himself with the people he, he needs at the right time? How does he also specifically get more clear and communicate more clearly with them? And then how does he make sure that the business itself is is thriving? So it's all those pieces and parts. We've gone through tons of ups and downs. It's, you know, the... They say that the um, startup journey is a roller coaster because it's a roller coaster. And there are lots of ups and downs. And that's an example of somebody that I've worked with kind of through that life cycle. 
That's amazing that you're sharing this. I really want to thank you, Alyssa, for being on this episode. Um, it was a lot of fun learning a little bit about you, your journey. Um, is there any final tips or uh, advice you would share some with some of the listeners that are business owners thinking of jumping in uh, to business ownership? Well, I would just say believe in yourself and um, believe in yourself and make sure that you put one foot in front of the other consistently because you can't just believe in yourself. You have to then take it to action. But I would say believe in yourself plus action will help you be unstoppable. Amazing. Well, thanks a lot, Alyssa. This was a lot of fun. And I'm extremely grateful for having you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And for all the listeners that want to reach out to you, what's the best way to connect with you? Well, you can come to my website, alyssacone.com, and you can download my, download my five scripts to help you with delicate conversations, difficult conversations, and one to make your life better. You can also check out my podcast, From Startup to Grown Up, and uh, you can follow me on all the socials, A-L-I-S-A-C-O-H-N. Amazing. I'll share that on all the show notes. And again, once again, thanks a lot, Alyssa. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to The Business Sphere and share this episode. Tune in next week for more interviews from entrepreneurs.